0: Don't lose your sense of purpose, continue to believe in yourself, listen, stay connected to the ground, imbibe, absorb and move forward on this journey. I switched to motherhood career, I call it motherhood career because it's a full time job and uh, that also one should take up you know, with a positive mindset. The whole concept of Catalyst started 16 years ago almost. Now we will be completing 16 years in February when the founders felt that there were not even enough women in leadership roles. And uh, also a lot of uh, focus was on girls in primary education, vocational skilling, getting girls to school, stemming dropout. But at that point, there was nobody focusing on the higher end of the value chain what I mean by that is at the higher education level or university level, that's where they found the niche. And also because the talent pool would come out from these graduation programs. The other point is that, unfortunately, even after graduation, the graduates are not well prepared for the knowledge economy or not, you know, employable. So there is a lot of skill enhancement and uh, guidance that is required. And that's how Catalyst was born. It was set up as an initiative of third sector partners, which is pioneer in the executive search, CXO, and board level search for the development sector. So this was set up as their kind of, uh, you know, not-for-profit initiative where all the surplus goes in. They started with a group of about 10 women and now we are touching 2,000 lives and continue to grow. Play the hand you are dealt with. So, you know, you can't choose the cards you get, but you can choose how you, you know, play those cards.
1: Hey, my dear lasers, welcome back at another episode of Inspire Someone Today. We bring in inspirers across the cross section of our society. This month is special as the world celebrates uh, Women's Day. We at Inspire Someone Today are celebrating Women's Day all through the month, getting four different uh, women inspirers to come share their life experiences, share their journeys and inspire all of us on that note. There is this wonderful message this organization follows, the creed of this organization, which says, by educating a woman, you educate a nation. How true is it? It's my absolute honor to have Pulvi Shah, CEO of Catalyst, to join us on this episode of Inspire Someone today. Pulvi, what a pleasure to have you on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Rikan. This is a wonderful opportunity. And this is my first podcast. So I'm really excited about it.
1: Being the CEO of such a wonderful setup, uh, catalyst, and uh, not for profit, let's talk about you as a CEO. How does a week in the life of Pudri, the CEO, look like?
0: Srikant, two days are not the same, I would say. But yeah, typically, I mean, every day, one goes through different cycles. There are days when there are like happy, great, proud moments, some achievements, some testimonials, a little message from the beneficiary or from the alumni that gives you a high and keeps you going. And there are days when some things seem to fall apart and you're trying to stitch it together and uh, keep going. But I would say that, yeah, typically we are constantly working on seeing how we can create the impact. How can we increase our number of partners, supporters, stakeholders to scale this organization, to strengthen this organization? So every day is a work in progress towards that.
1: Every day is a work in progress for the CEO. And as you have kind of put on this mantle, I recently saw that you completed eight years at Catalyst. What are some of your proud moments along this journey?
0: Srikant, it's been wonderful, great, fulfilling eight years. And I'm so happy to see where Catalyst is today, where it is stands today and where it's slated to go. There are so many, you know, hags or the big, hairy, audacious goals for this organization's various programs. So look forward to that. And I was actually overwhelmed with the number of congratulatory messages I got. And made me realize the number of people I have got connected through this organization, a number of people, friends, family, and stakeholders who are acknowledging the work we are doing, acknowledging the work I am doing. so it's a great place to be at the moment. It's been an amazing journey and look forward to continuing
1: wonderful and Paul, if you were to look forward for this say the next eight years as you spend at Catalyst as the CEO, what advice would you give to Puri eight years from now?
0: Interesting question. I would say that don't lose your sense of purpose. Continue to believe in yourself. Listen, stay connected to the ground, imbibe, absorb, and move forward on this journey.
1: Great. Wishing you continued success on that journey, Kurvi, as we speak about uh, your role, your life as a CEO. I think all of us would be very, very intrigued to know what's your backstory? How did you get to do what you've been doing?
0: So actually, I landed in social sector just by chance. It was a happenstance. But they, I hadn't intended, like I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I, got, I have this calling and I want to do something. So it wasn't a plan or a design, so to speak. So I actually did my MBA in finance and I wanted to pursue that career. I also did another master's in the US and I worked with Pricewaterhouse in New York for a couple of years, came back, worked in venture capital with Mr. Pradeep Shah, one of the first venture capitalists in India. And I thought that would be my life. And then I switched to motherhood career. I call it motherhood career because it's a full-time job and uh, that also one should take up, you know, with a positive mindset. And I did that as an informed choice. So for me, that's important. And uh, I will tell you why. So later. And I was one of four sisters who got this opportunity and I got the uh, opportunity to continue on this journey. And even after marriage, I got an amazing support. So when I took or joined the motherhood career or took a break, I was trying to figure out what to do next. I was evaluating between going back to work, which I really enjoyed in Venture Capital, or start something of my own. And that's when I got pulled into the social sector by by my dear friend from SPGen. And she got me involved into Akansha Foundation, where they were setting up a leadership program for adolescent. I found it really interesting and I said, okay, I'll try this out for some time. And as I entered that, I realized the potential of the youth, the potential of these youngsters who came from a background where it seemed as if, uh, you know, so many things could go wrong. But, and I realized that, you know, it is just the opportunity and exposure that you give them that will make them flourish. Because somebody's capability, somebody's potential is not determined by the background you come from, but it's about how you build them, develop them that will take them forward. So so that's what made me stay in the journey. And also Tahin Misri, the founder, was is very inspiring. And also the team at Akansha Foundation, I found very inspiring and great to work with. And that's how I completed 10 and a half years there. And I got the opportunity to join Catalyst as the CEO eight years ago. And before I joined, I got to meet some of the beneficiaries of Catalyst. And that was the turning point in my life. And I decided, yes, this is something I want to do. And I joined Catalyst because I feel, again, women have so much potential. They need that support system. They need guidance. And Catalyst was providing that. So I joined Catalyst and I see the amazing impact that's happening here. So that's how I have 18 and a half years of wonderful experience, enriching experience in this development sector. And it's been well worth it. I believe that education is a leveler. And uh, if one is given the opportunity of education, one can change life. As you rightly said at the beginning of the podcast that if you educate a woman, you educate the nation. So I strongly believe in that.
1: So very true. And if that is what took you into the not-for-profit world, and for many of us who are in the corporate world, we are indoctrinated with metrics, numbers, so on and so forth. So for somebody in this space, how do you set the vision where the goals are more intangible and your investors' patterns would also want to see metrics return on investments. So how do you manage this?
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It's right that there are a lot of intangibles here. But at Catalyst and now quite a few not-for-profits, it's becoming very structured with systems and processes, KRAs, KPIs. So it's not just the external stakeholders, but even internal stakeholders. We all want to set targets and see that we are moving towards our targets, achieving or overachieving our targets. So typically what they say is social return of investment. So there are certain very tangible outcomes and then there are intangibles as well. For example, for a Catalyst student, outcome would be placement, which is very tangible. But the intangible would be seeing growth in her confidence, in her decision making, so on and so forth. So it's a combination of both. So we do set targets, a matrix we work towards achieving those
1: and we have been talking about catalyst i think for the benefit of our listeners it would be great point to introduce what catalyst is all about and at the same time how did this whole idea of catalyst trigger to you and your board
0: the whole concept of catalyst started 16 years ago almost now we will be completing 16 years in february when the founders felt that there were not even enough women in leadership roles and uh, also, a lot of uh, focus was on girls in primary education, vocational skilling, getting girls to school, stemming dropout. But at that point, there was nobody focusing on the higher end of the value chain. But what I mean by that is at the higher education level or university level, that's where they found the niche. And also because the talent pool would come out from these Graduation programs. The other point is that, unfortunately, even after graduation, the graduates are not well prepared for the knowledge economy or not, you know, employable. So there is a lot of skill enhancement and uh, guidance that is required, and that's how Catalyst was born. It was set up as an initiative of third sector partners. They started with a group of about ten women, and now it, we are touching 2,000 lives and continue to grow. So that's how Catalyst started. And I actually also want to mention that Catalyst also triggered another program called Alchemist, and that is for women in early careers. So it's like, you know, forward integration, continuing on this, uh, you know, staying on this journey continuing to support women at uh, various stages so that they can thrive, they can grow, they can lead a purposeful life and be meaningful contributors in their personal and professional life. And uh, I would also like to add that uh, in 2018, McKinsey came out with a report that, you know, very little support or philanthropic money is focused on the higher education so this report was focused on the U.S. Uh, typically, but they said exactly the same thing. There is nobody focusing on the higher end of the value chain from where the talent pool would come out. So the article is called "Closing the Tech Gender Gap" and talking about how there are very few women in the technology space and the corporates are not focusing on supporting women in higher education so that they are better prepared and become more employable for the technology and corporate sector. We have been doing this for 16 years.
1: Uh, That's fantastic, both in terms of the longevity of this program and the number of lives that you have touched, 2000 is uh, just some fantastic numbers. Despite all of these things, why do we see inequality in our society still so rampant? What are your thoughts in terms of systemic change around some of these things. And incidentally, this year's women's rate theme is also hash equity. So how do you kind of bring in in this particular sector?
0: Yeah, so our society is very patriarchal and most of the world is. So all of us, including women, are conditioned to take the subjugate role or to believe that, okay, you know, we are not equal. And it's kind of a perpetuating cycle. And sometimes it happens so naturally, we don't even realize. So a lot of effort, concerted effort or intentional effort has to go in this direction. And, you know, at every level. So, you know, reconditioning the mindsets of people, including women, enhancing the self-belief of the women, providing them with necessary skill set and support system. And fortunately, now, corporates have also made this as their agenda, diversity and inclusion, especially gender equality. And uh, that's what Catalyst is, you know, aiming to change the narrative, to change the statistic in favor of women. So we focus on girls, preparing them for leadership role, preparing them with the skill set, mentoring, exposure, so that, you know, we can widen the talent pool and see these women move up the career ladder to take leadership roles.
1: And as part of Catalyst, you did mention about one of the decisions that you made before joining Catalyst was to kind of meet up with a lot of these the Gulf students whom Catalyst was supporting and also some alumni. And in the 16 years of its existence, what are some of your alumni stories of success?
0: So, I mean, there are plenty of success stories and very impactful ones. So we have seen most of our alumni are working in the corporate sector, MNCs, large Indian companies in India and overseas. Some of them are pursuing post-graduation in India and overseas. We have our first woman, first IRS officer, Manali, Manali, who has become the first IRS officer from Catalyst. And it's amazing. She's working with CAG. We have an entrepreneur from Catalyst alumni group and she set up a very interesting concept of co-living spaces and she grew it. So it, it's interesting. So she also had her baby while, you know, in her entrepreneurial journey. So she was uh, managing two babies, her biological baby and her professional baby. We have one alum who's, who went on to work, who's working currently with Google in San Jose. And doing extremely well. And I was fortunate to meet her when I visited San Francisco. We have an alum who joined from campus in Pune and was placed in Japan. Like, forget going overseas. She had not even traveled by flight anywhere within the country. And she went on. She lived there alone, managed it. And then she is now moved to UK. We have one alum who's working with Credit Suisse in a very senior position and doing extremely well. We have alums who, like I said, done their MBA from IMS as well. So there are several successful stories and the listeners, if they want to know more, they can go to our website and read every interesting story.
1: These are fantastic stories just to listen So what it kind of Tells you is that Catalyst is just not only giving education to lot of these uh, girls, but giving wings to fly so higher and higher. And uh, by virtue of doing that, you're giving them self confidence. You're giving the society lot more individuals who can contribute for m- much more broader causes.
0: Yes, absolutely. Actually, like I said, so one at the undergraduate level, we are giving them that support system and skill enhancement exposure. And a lot of other benefits as well. Actually, it's a very unique program and a lot of interventions are very uniquely designed and executed. Similarly, the Alchemist program, which is for women in early career, is also very uniquely designed where we put these women in trust group. So there is some peer learning and that is facilitated by professional coaches. So we have senior leader coaches, certified coaches, who are guiding these young women. It's a very rare opportunity and we are fortunate to have those kind of partners. And then there are workshops given to them which are more relevant to their journey or stage of life and counseling as well as leadership boot camp. a lot of experiential learning. So I think by providing these kind of support systems, you are letting these women move ahead enhance their self-belief, grow in their career, make more informed choices. So this is something that I wanted to talk about, which I mentioned earlier, that I see that a lot of catalysts are making informed choices about their life, when to get married, when to have children, when to go for higher education. Of course, they need some guidance. Also, how to move ahead in their career, how to enhance their self-belief so that they can grow in their career and accelerate their career. So, I feel that, uh, you know, we are giving them the tools, the techniques and the support system.
1: Hey, you touched upon a very interesting point, uh, here. you are not only giving that fundamental basics for uh, these girl t- students to succeed, but a lot more than that in terms of confidence, in terms of external uh, skills that can help them to kind of further their careers. And just not the women students, it is applicable for uh, both, success in the society which is how do you nurture that self-confidence self-belief to kind of come out of your shell and say that I can do a lot more than what I've been doing and that nudge is important that catalyst is important so how do we as a society embrace more of it and get to a point that each one of us realize our potentials beyond what is out there
0: so honestly like you know one thing is that Every person should believe in their own potential and other people's potential. Once you believe that, then you will work towards enhancing and letting it come out. We are fortunate to have a lot of mentors. We have close to about 800 mentors now in our pool and they joined Catalyst because they wanted to do something and give back or support the cause on a voluntary basis. And they believed in the potential of catalyst and potential of catalyst. What I mean by that is the beneficiaries, you know, people can become mentors and, uh, you know, provide that guidance or like a kind of a quasi parenting role for overall holistic development. People can, you know, create visibility about the cause, create visibility about a need for, you know, equality, equity for women. And for more women empowerment, create conditions that are conducive for women to grow, to for women to thrive, for women to succeed. And I'm happy to, you know, call out anybody who's interested in supporting any of our programs or contributing in various ways. And I think it's a long journey ahead, and uh, we need lot of hands to reach the destination. A lot of feet and a lot of hands to reach that destination.
1: So the first of the power of three around, Purvi, what are the three traits that has helped you flourish as a leader?
0: So I would say sense of purpose, emotional resilience, and managerial effectiveness.
1: Hey, okay, those are very heavy. I will come back to it a little later, but that's a good start. Three advice that has helped you to pursue your passion?
0: One is that, yeah, the belief. You know, continue to believe in yourself, stay connected to the ground, stay connected to the beneficiaries. And I would again add an effective manager, along with being a good leader.
1: How do you differentiate it? Give me an example.
0: So one can be a good leader by being very empathetic and uh, for managing people. and you know, the organization and the purpose. But one needs to be, you know, follow certain systems, processes, be more structured and deal with things in a more, you know, professional or corporate way to achieve the desired outcomes.
1: Balance between having that purpose, being strategic at the same time, execution focused. Absolutely. Three routines that are unique to you, Purvi?
0: I'm not sure if they are unique to me, but some of the things that I follow, putting everything on calendar, including personal notes and events have become, I'm like addicted to my calendar. Something else I do is that I do a lot of drafting by writing, even important means, whether there's write up or anything, even preparing for something. I like to prepare, put down first drafts, my notes, and then sending it out or be ready for the session. Other thing is I appreciate my team members a lot. Maybe it may not seem enough, but I do that a lot. And I like expressing gratitude a lot. So I say thank you a lot, but I also express gratitude through my mailers or through my posts or through my communication.
1: You did mention about uh, being on this journey in the not-for-profit sector, particularly working with students and kids for the last decade and a half. What are some of your observations working with this group of individuals? How are their thoughts on matters of relevance shaping up? What is that we can learn from this generation of uh, students, kids, that we can be better as corporate citizens, as parents, as business leaders?
0: So I feel that there is a lot of pressure and expectation from the current generation and from everybody. And there's lots of things happening around them and distractions. So, but I see that this generation, this youth is very driven. In most cases, they're very driven. They are mature. They know what is happening around them. And that's what sets them apart. And like I mentioned to my students also, that the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra So those who are putting in that extra effort are seeing the result of that. They're seeing they're getting, I mean, they're achieving things and they are seeing the outcomes that they want. And, uh, but at the same time, I also feel that sometimes college students, they are younger, they don't see the big picture. So there are some opportunities that come their way and they're not able to leverage. But in most cases they do. And those who do, you will see them rise.
1: And how can we help that community of people to see that big picture? Any tips around that?
0: Yes. So like I mentioned earlier, you know, being a mentor, being a guide. And when I say that, I would also caution that one should not become very patronizing or spoon feed them. Treat them as mature adults. Give them guidance. Prepare them for life. It's like that Saying that, you know, teach them how to fish rather than feeding them fish. So I think it is our responsibility to do that and listen to them. I think we need to listen to them also and not just telling them.
1: Absolutely. And, Purvi, I'm sure in the role that you're playing, there is definitely a reliance on external sources for you to kind of do your job well. And one of those external sources I definitely see is in terms of books. Three book recommendations for our listeners.
0: Yes, so of course I do read a lot of articles and which give me insight. But in terms of books, I would say one of my favorite book is *Alchemist* by Paolo Coelho. It talks about following your dreams, you know, following your purpose, and actually trying to identify and understanding your own potential. And that's how actually I had suggested the name Alchemist uh, for our one of our programs that I mentioned earlier, because it's all about, you know, leading a purposeful life, having that self-belief, knowing your potential and uh, leveraging that. Second book is Ikigai, which I recently read by Hector Garcia and Francis. And that's again talking about how to lead, a, you know, a long and happy life, how to follow certain uh, discipline, how these Japanese follow discipline, whether it's in terms of physical health or food, you know, having that sense of purpose. And, uh, third one, which I, many people may not know about is the last lecture by Randy Posh. So he was a professor at Carnegie Mellon and they used to have this routine where the professors had to give a talk about conduct the session. It's amazing. I think some of the tips or some of uh, lessons I have got from that been very inspirational. And one of them, which actually really connects to the work I do is play the hand you are dealt with. So, you know, you can't choose the cards you get But you can choose how you, you know, play those cards. So I think that is very, very interesting.
1: How well you play those cards. That's a wonderful collection of uh, books out there, Purvi. Thank you. The last of the power of three round. Three challenges you want to solve where our listeners can join forces as well.
0: Yes. So the biggest challenge that we are working on is bridging the gender gap at every level right from college to workplace to leadership. So so one thing is creating an environment which is conducive for women to enhance her self-belief and thrive. So everybody's responsible to do that. It's not just women or it's not just corporates, but at every stage. I also feel that everybody has their role to play. So I would call out that. Be a mentor, be a coach, be a guide to a woman. Second, believe in the woman and give her the opportunity. Give her a chance, prove herself, because definitely there's a lot of potential. Even, I mean, our economy can benefit by more women being in the workforce. So, give those opportunities to them. And that's, like I said, that's how the Catalyst Program and Alchemist Program have been curated. So. And whether it's in terms of job opportunities, whether in terms of mentoring, whether it's in terms of coaching, whether it's in terms of listening to women, letting them speak, there are lots one can do to, you know, address this challenge. And of course, support the causes which are working in this area in terms of funding. So even the financial support is required.
1: Those are some uh, easy to do practical tips out there. You did mention about supporting a cause, nothing as bigger as the Women's Day. I think every year, as I have kind of seen, this is only getting bigger and uh, better. So as we celebrate Women's Day, the theme being embrace equity. Do you think it is making a difference in the lives of women around the world? What more needs to be done? What do you see sitting where you're sitting from in uh, Women's Day standpoint?
0: For one thing, I would like to say every day is a woman's day.
1: Absolutely.
0: But yeah, if we are highlighting a particular day, it does help reinforce the challenges and the gap that is out there. So as I've mentioned earlier also, you know, we need to create that whole ecosystem so that women can succeed and uh, not have that self doubt. I saw this interesting statistics or infographic that typically women equal in terms of confidence and aspiration when they join the workforce, equal, I mean, similar to men, but as they grow in their career, their confidence and aspiration dip. And I believe that is because, you know, women start playing multiple roles and there are multiple expectations. I'm not saying there are no expectations from men. They have their set of expectations also. But the kind of expectation women have, so expectations from others and also from herself. So a lot of times I feel women themselves create also that extra pressure because of the conditioning and the society. So there needs to be that support system to manage expectations so that, you know, she her confidence doesn't dip. If she takes a break, she doesn't start doubting herself and her abilities but she can jump right back in. And also, you know, she continues to have higher aspirations to grow into a leader in her career. So I think that is very important. They And we need to create more women role models. We need to hype or we need to showcase more women role models because then they can become the trailblazers. I am part of this Power Women group. And a lot of times I, See, they share certain posts or certain, you know, situations where, you know, there is a forum of leaders or a think tank and not a single woman is part of that. Now, that is a very, would be a very biased think tank conversation. So involving women in these conversations will give a different perspective and a more more well-rounded, you know, outcome will come up. And I know that there are no shortcuts of free lunches and everybody has to work towards to that place where the statistics are better or in favor of women. And we are celebrating women every day.
1: We indeed are celebrating women every day. We don't need a reminder just on one particular day in a month. And my wish coming out of this conversation, Purvi, is actually two things. One is... It's a nomenclature that we kind of tend to use, which is basically in this particular case, we tend to call a lot of our women leaders as women leaders, but we don't necessarily attribute the same as male leaders. So one narrative I am trying my best to kind of change at my workplace at least is, leader is a leader. You don't need to have a title to be a leader. And there's no women or male leaders. They are just leaders. That's one piece. Second piece, my wish coming out of this conversation, Purvi, is, if you and Catalyst can run this campaign, hash self-doubt. I think a lot many times, like you rightly said, the talent is there, the intent is there, just that nudge that is needed. And if you can run this campaign, take out the fears of self-doubt, take out the fears of how to manage self-doubt and have a lot more people coming to the mainstream and make our society rampant with more women out there to educate, like you said, educate women to educate the nation. We cannot have better gift than that, than to have this campaign called as Hash Self-Doubt.
0: Well, fabulous. That's a very good point. And really, really appreciate you being the champion of this cause. And what you really interested, really what you said was about, you know, why do we have to call them women leaders? You know, leaders by itself could be anybody, gender neutral. And uh, so we had done one film to that effect uh, a few years ago. And that was a story about one of the catalyst alumni who was the only student in her civil engineering batch, only girl student in her civil engineering batch. And then she was at a work site where she was giving directions to many male workers. And the storyline was all about so what is the big deal? You know, only woman in civil engineering, or only woman doing this, or only woman giving instructions to male co-workers or subordinates. So what's the big deal? Why are we making a big deal just because she's a woman and doing it, right? So that's exactly like what you're saying.
1: Okay, we are coming to the home run out here. Purvi has been fantastic having this conversation with you. Looking at your actionable insights, From today's conversation, take it, implement it, and see the difference.
2: It was a wonderful dialogue between Sri and Purvi with some insightful exchange on women in leadership. The motivation, aspiration, and frustration all packed into the conversation. Like the power of three questions, there were three takeaways for me from this exchange. Number one, definition of work and pay. Work and personal life are no longer mutually exclusive. They are intrinsically linked. The next generation wants challenging work, skill development, and flexibility. While women continue to do most of the emotional labor and unpaid work at home, it's critical that challenging work come with flexibility. More and more women are taking careers into their own hands, be it in urban areas or small towns. The reference to leaders and not labeling them as women leaders or male leaders Transcends to all class of workers. According to a recent World Economic Forum survey, they found that there is practically no difference between men and women's expectations of work. What works for women works for men too, particularly younger workers who expect to spend more time with family, traveling, or learning new skills. Then why the pay gap? Multiple research projects have clearly demonstrated that there is a gap in salaries for the same job for a man versus woman. Even elite sports like tennis Shows this bias. Speaking generally, in India, women's salary is considered an add-on to the household income while a man is considered, quote-unquote, the breadwinner. The perception of a woman's salary being any less than men's is what needs to be addressed. Purvi brought this point out indirectly when talking about conditioned and perpetuated societal norms and language. My second takeaway is related to the tech gender gap. The future is a skills world. New technologies will appear and disappear in the marketplace, creating new opportunities for new skills and new roles. More than half the skills that we use today will vanish in the next 5 to 10 years. So how are we providing the tools for high school and college graduate women? The tech gender gap in India, like many other countries, is a persistent problem that has far-reaching implications for the country's economic growth and societal development. Despite significant progress that we have made in recent years, women remain underrepresented in the tech industry in India and face a range of systemic challenges and that limit their access to education, employment, and career advancement opportunities. In her book, Desperately Seeking Shah Rukh, India's Lonely Young Women and the Search for Intimacy and Independence, Sharayana Bhattacharya has beautifully illustrated several examples of young women breaking the shackles. She provides an example of an IIT graduate's experience in the workplace. We need to encourage girls to pursue education in science, technology, engineering, and math, STEM fields, as much as traditional fields like teaching and nursing. This early gender bias can negate future entry in the tech-enabled industries. Even when women do manage to enter the tech industry, they often face discrimination and barriers to advancement. Closing the tech gender gap in India will require a sustained commitment from all sectors of society, including government, academia, the private sector, and civil society. My third and final takeaway is related to the topic of self-belief. Purvi mentioned this multiple times. Self-belief is critical to women's empowerment. She hit the nail on the head. Self-belief leads to self-efficacy, the person's belief to overcome challenges and achieve their goals. Self-belief can also help to counteract the negative effects of gender stereotypes and bias. Self-belief can help women to overcome the internalized messages and societal pressures that can hold them back. Women are often socialized to prioritize others over themselves and to downplay their own achievements and ambitions. In addition, to self-belief by women and girls in general, we as society need to break the stereotype that a girl is any less than a boy. This has to start from a young age, at home, and at school. It has to happen in a rural and a large metro city. Geography and socioeconomic factors cannot be an excuse. India's strong culture needs to transcend our thoughts to meaningful actions. Once every one of us to start think as equal, we'll end up in a much better place. To conclude, keeping the momentum and aspiration of women as they grow in their careers require a multifaceted approach that includes mentorship and sponsorship, training and development programs, flexible work arrangements, supportive workplace culture, and opportunities for women to take on leadership roles. By investing in these strategies, organizations can help women reach their full potential and achieve greater equity in the workplace. Thank you.
1: Before we wrap up, what is your message for all the listeners? What's your Inspire Someone Today message for all the listeners out here?
0: So my message is very simple. Be a better version of yourself every day, whether it's at workplace, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's your persona, or whether it's in your deeds. Be a better version of yourself. Be a better human
1: being. Be a better version of yourself couldn't have been any better coming from Purvi. Purvi, thank you so much for sharing your insights, sharing your thoughts. I'm sure this would go a long way for all of us to take up this cause of nurturing the women agenda forward. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at podcast at the rate gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what you listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle at the rate podcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikant, your host signing off and until next time, keep inspiring.